You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 Matty Johns with thanks to Harley Heaven. Test ride a Harley Heaven at Davison. Harley Heaven, Blacktown, and Tempe. G'day, Matty. Hey, Joel Sock. How are you, lads? Where are you p- reporting from today, Matty? Um, I'm reporting from my. Uh... Downstairs lounge room, gentlemen. Oh, nice. You've got two of them, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've got an upstairs and a downstairs and a dungeon down the bottom. (laughs) And and I'm just, I'm patting my dog Charlie. So, mate, it's uh, listening to SEN. Of course you are. Of course you are. Are you uh, travelling up to the Magic Round, Matthew? Straight after the show tomorrow, Joel. Beautiful. Uh, Straight after the show, heading up there and... It's really, it's it is a fantastic few days up there. It, I liken it to um, arriving in a city for a Super Bowl, where everywhere you go, it's just you know it, it's all it's all about the game. Yeah. You know, it's um, they really do, they do it well, Brisbane. They do it better than us. Um, I think Grand Final week sometimes in Sydney, you wouldn't even know it's on. Uh, we're up there. It's it, they do a phenomenal job. There's a little bit of talk that you know maybe we should send the uh, magic round. Around the country, but man, I don't know if anyone would do it better than Brisbane. No, I totally agree. How spooky is this? Friday the thirteenth. You've got just how it plays out. Promoters' dream. You got first playing second. You got fifth playing sixth. Seventh playing eighth. Ninth playing tenth. And last first second last. It's pretty spooky how it's all played out. Uh, Maddie, what about last night? Gal's effort. I mean, you mm. you love your boxing. I know it's one of your favourite sports. What were your takeouts? Man, he. Uh... Uh, too. He came up against a very, very classy, uh, clever fighter. There's no doubt. He, he he was very, very good. But you know, it's typical gal, just brave, hung in there. Look, you know, and, and similar like Justice Hooney, he was outclassed. But he just, he just, you know, he finds a way to almost win just through his grit and his toughness and his his fitness is incredible. I remember, you know, a number of years ago when he was considering switching to boxing, when he was probably 12 months to two years away from retiring, I was talking to Hopper, John Hopperwadi. He said to me, he said, I did a um, sparring session with Gal. And he said, mate, it was awful. I just couldn't keep him off me. He said, he's, he's endurance. He just, he's a machine, just keeps going and going and going. And that's, I mean, that's, and that's what it is. I mean, I, I'd reckon that would be his last fight. You'd think so. Boxing is not one of those sports you want to fight too long yeah. after you're 40 years of age. Well, I just texted him uh, half an hour ago and... I wouldn't take on the Junior Paulo fight. I, I, I just no. what he did last night. He shares a. I know he lost the fight, but he shares at an all-time high. Mm. That's enough. There'll always That's be a it. fight. People queuing up for a bit of dosh. He doesn't need to fight Junior Paulo. You agree, Matty? I totally agree. Yeah, I, to, I, I totally agree. It, it's a, it's an interesting one as far as current players want to, to box. If I was a coach, I'm, I must say I would not be keen on it. I'd be sort of trying to persuade my. Um, you know, my guys to, you know, like fellas, you know, you, 
you're one punch away from a broken jaw and missing mm. half a season. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing about it. I, I know last year or the year before, there were a number of fighters that had a, a number of players who had a fight just before the season began. Man, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's it's crazy. Who's the one player, if you had to liken a gal type or the toughest player uh, you've ever seen, who, who would be that player that you play with, Matty? Oh, Sugar. The bloke who I played with, Dave <laughs> Ferner at um, Wigan. And Ferns, he was a mate. He was a red hot fighter, uh, very very good. Uh, yeah, I believe his father, Don uh, Don Ferner Senior, was a very 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 capable uh, boxer. And that's what Dave's like. Dave, Dave was he's got really fast hands, heavy hands, and uh, yeah, you do mitt work with him, mate. He was razor sharp. In fact, we, when we played again, we played Leeds, and they had a couple of big boys, um, you know, a couple of guys that were really, you know, that liked to do a bit of Aussie bashing. Anyway, they turned on Fernsey. I think he knocked the three of them out. <laughs> so, and mate, I was just behind him too. <laughs> so, Matty, how many sleepovers at uh, Magic Round are you having? Like for me, I don't mind saying this, Gibbo here, our man Pat panellist, he's a test match player. He can go five days. Yep. I'm a yep. T20 man. I've got you for one night and then I'm I'm, yep. I'm looking for places to hide the next day. How do you go? Oh, I go good at backing up. Yeah. I, I actually, I accelerate. <laughs> you know, I sort of, I, like the, I, I gain momentum. So I'm up there Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, oh, come back on the Monday. So I'll just go the three. Yeah. I'm pretty good at that. It's a family trait. Sounds but like I, schoolies. It is. It is like schoolies. <laughs> Tragic round. And um, so, so yeah, I get up. I, I enjoy it. Like, I, I really, Joel, don't suffer from, I don't suffer from hangovers. Oh, I, wow. I get up and I get there and I go, yep, okay. Don't waste well, that Here we gift. go again. That's a oh, gift. Wow, that's a gift. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for all sorts of places to hide. How do you go, Sop? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. Google my name. You might find out how well I go on the, this is on the squirt. But, um, we'll get off that topic. Matty, you're talking about now. <laughs> you're talking about not moving the magic round. I reckon they should move it round, maybe yeah. to Auckland or New Zealand. Well, why wouldn't you get it round and have that sort of success? But since you've already had your opinion on what do you reckon yeah. about the final moving if Brisbane do it better with the magic yeah. round, would you be interested in seeing if Anastasia Palaszczuk wanted to drop 20 mil and say, give us the yeah. final? Um, that, would, that would obviously, you know, serve the NRL, a bit of coffers, a yeah. bit of money in the coffers or what? Oh, Steve, I agree with you, mate. They've just struck a deal now with the New South Wales government. But up until up until recently, I've been a fan of saying, you know, for the game, just go, well, if someone's going to pay, yeah. you know, an exorbitant amount of money to get, Take the grand final there, then then you do it. Mm. Um, I like, um, and that's. I mean, that's. Yeah, you talk about tr- traditions. I get that, but mate, really in rugby league, we throw our traditions out. Mm. You know, like litter sometimes. Mm. Um, I think yeah, I have no problem with moving a grand final. I think uh, similar to the Super Bowl in America, it moves moves it around a little bit. It's a bit of a novelty, mm. um, and at the bottom line is, if you're looking for revenue. It's what a way to do it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. the NRL, isn't it? It's the National Rugby League. You know, it's, yeah, it's, the yeah, game's well, moved and the goalpost should move with it. And if you get that, you know, they had to cut 50 mil last year, Belandis did from, you know, head office. What an easy way yeah. just to fill the coffers yeah. back up, you know? Is well, it not and the thing about it is, Sock, is that, you know, I, hopefully when this deal was struck to keep the grand final even another 20 or 30 years, is that, like, they've got to lean on the state government and the city of Sydney. Um, for as as far as government's concerned, just to do more yep. on Grand Final Week. I understand that Sydney is so spread out. 
you know, I get that where Brisbane's really contained and it, it, it can sort of it lends itself to having that, you know, that carnival atmosphere. But I just reckon we should do more in Sydney. There was a, I, I remember being a young bloke. It, what used to be absolutely uh, huge in the, throughout the late in the late eighties and the early nineties was semi-final weekend. Uh, where you had the the game on the Saturday and the game on the Sunday, and they were both played at the Sydney Football Stadium. And when you arrived in Sydney, when you came down from Newcastle and arrived in Sydney, you knew it was semi-final time. Mm. The whole city was about the two games. It was it was something special, and I think we we've, we've got to get ourselves back to that. Hey, uh, Matty, we were talking earlier, uh, Sock and I, about uh, Gal and how how he has totally transformed perception on him so when he was playing the way he played if you didn't go for the Sharks you didn't like him if you were a Queensland supporter you absolutely didn't like him but now Michelle Bishop saying this morning on Vossie and Brandy you know there's pubs full of Queenslanders cheering on Gal last night in this fight is there an athlete who's changed your opinion I'll tell you one for me James Magnuson the missile when he was at his height I thought oh I don't know about this fella he's one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet is there an athlete who you've come across who initially you thought, oh, I don't know about this bloke or this team, but then all of a sudden you've, they've won you over? Well, the guy that I... When I first met Anthony Mundine years and years ago, we went down to NADOC week. I went to NADOC week um, with a guy from the Newcastle Knights, Keith Onslow. We had a, a, a presence there. I went and had about three or four days in Wellington, got to know Chock there, got on really good with him. We are both, you know, young, probably only just started playing a bit of first grade, got on really good with him. And then sort of as we moved into the middle part of our careers, and you know, we both wanted the same thing. You want to win a competition, but you wanted state of origin Australian jerseys. And, mate, he used to get into me in the papers, like, you know, and you know, slagged me and Joey off and stuff like that. And it really irritated me. And during the games, it was funny, because during the games, he's, he wasn't a real big talker, Chock, but, you know, he really talked up the games and stuff like that. And so, you know, I... And he was dirty on me once because I got picked against him, and he still talks about that. But anyway, that's <laughs> by the by. But but that but there was a sort of period there where you're going, oh man, you know. But we've become through that, and we're really good friends again. And me looking back and have the understanding that he was, you know, he was selling himself, he was selling the games, and it was good for the game. Um, you know, as far as guys flip flopping. Uh, changing perception. I was talking to a guy the other day about it. He was asking me about, you know, how do you think we should market something? Right? I was, it was a guy involved with boxing. Mm. And I said, look, you don't even reinvent the wheel. You just go to the WWE and see how they do it. They they are, like Vince McMahon and the people of the WWE, are the masters of understanding the human condition. And the way they market it, the way that it's such a massive sport around the world, even we know it's fake, spoiler alert. <laughs> but the way and the, and what they do, their ability to have someone have a what they call the heel, you know, the guy that everyone hates, but then basically overnight be swinging them into becoming the hero is just masterful. So if you're looking for how to market and how to, you know how to sell yourself, how you sell your game, they're the best at it. Well, Jackson Hastings done it to a certain extent. Uh, I'll tell you yep. who did it in the NFL. When Tom Brady was at the Patriots, much more. Mm-hmm. They just they couldn't have him unless you love the Patriots. He went to Tampa Bay, did a bit of social media stuff, and and I think yeah. most people loved him, didn't they? Definitely. I, I tell you another one who it 
like changed everything for me was that when Ronaldo arrived at Manchester at Manchester United from Sporting Lisbon, I was like, man, look at this guy. He was incredible. But then once he left Man United, he went to the like he went to Real Madrid, Madrid, which was a mega club, and had all the success, had all the stars, you know, all the money. And I sort of looked at, I went off Ronaldo a little bit. I'm more of a messy man because yeah. he looks more grounded and uh, sort of sold to the earth type guy. But then when when Ronaldo, the moment he went back to Man United, straight away I loved him again. Wow. And I think it was all the perception around the club he was playing for. So, yeah, you, you, you see it a lot. You know, you, it, it's such a common thing in sport uh, with people. You know, one, one minute the bad guy, the next minute the hero. Yeah, just saw uh, some footage here on, on the news. Uh, there's a hero, all right? There was a baby who falls out of a thing. You need to sit on the news, and this guy remarkably catches the baby. But anyway, hey, Matty, a couple of big games coming up. Um, Melbourne Storm taking on Penrith. Have you got a lean on this one? No, Pap? Yeah, I, I think I think Penrith win this one. And two brilliant attacking sides, but I think it'll be a low-scoring affair. Uh, just on the back of their disciplined defence and with it being wet up there. Uh, what you what what you see with uh, what you see with Melbourne is the fact that in the last six weeks they have just been riding roughshod over all their oppositions. I, I sort of worked at it. I think the average scoreline would be for Melbourne's about f- in the last six weeks is forty five oh, eight. Yeah, that's right. They've just cl- they've just cleaned through everyone. But I don't think I don't think that helps them coming into this game. And last year, I they went on that twelve thirteen. W- game winning streak and I remember saying I was saying to people then this in my opinion this is not helping Melbourne because pretty soon you're going to get into those really big back end games where people are going to take you to the 15th round and you've got to be used to it and last week Penrith they they had their loss they had their attitude adjustment the coaching staff will get them back this to this week to doing what they do best and I just think they'll pip Melbourne in a close one. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, Roosters take you on Parramatta. I mean, wow. uh, the Roosters, I mean, where are we at with them, Matty? We saw what Parramatta's done. Parramatta have beaten Melbourne at home, they've beaten Penrith at home. So that mm. is absolutely verified material. Roosters, are we are we on them or we're not on them? Oh, I just can't get a read on them at the no. moment. I, I don't Look, I, I expect them to get it right. I, I expect them... I I I get the feeling they'll be in the final four eventually. It's just taken them a fair while to get there. I think the playmakers are having to adjust. Luke Keary, and I've spoken to this before, Luke Keary is hitting that point in his career where he's realising coming off a new reconstruction and with age that you lose a metre, maybe a metre and a half, and he's adjusting. You could see, I saw him last week, starting to slowly adjust his ball playing, bringing defenders onto him rather than chasing at your target defender. So I see him starting to get it right. Parramatta, Joel... Even Parramatta, I I just don't know where Parramatta sit, mm. given the fact they've had such some brilliant wins and great performances, no better, none better than last week. Yet they might go out there on the weekend and get belted. Like I I just can't get a read on them. They 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 are so inconsistent, um, and so it's a really big big month coming up for Parramatta. They they got to start to get the mental toughness to win the games they're expected to win. Um, and I'll say this too. I, I watched Benji the other night. Isaiah Papali'i was on there. Yeah, man, 
Isn't he impressive? Oh, is he what? Uh, oh. Dylan Brown impressed me a bit as well. Hey, Matty, yep. this one from uh, Dave from Seaspray. He said, did Matthew attend the Tigers versus Collingwood match on Saturday? And if so, uh, how did Dustin Martin go? Okay. Right up. So, yeah. okay. So, I'll tell you what happened. My wife's sort of here, like, she'll be rolling her eyes. So, it was a friend, it was a friend of yeah. ours who invited us to go along yeah. uh, to Collingwood versus Richmond. Yeah. And I, I, I was. I was resistant mm. at first because when I go to the AFL, I've only been to the AFL once before, and the AFL people just give it to me because <laughs> I give it to them. Yeah. And, mate, I was, we went and watched Richmond Collingwood a while ago, and I said to Trish, let's go. We bought a, a ticket. We end up in the last, you know, the, the back row of this Great Southern stand. And I'm walking up, and they're going, ah, oh, here he is, here he is, your baggers, and you're coming to the game. So anyway, I lasted one quarter, and I'm walking downstairs, and they're going, where are you going? I said, mate, it's still a shit game. Anyway, so, but on the weekend we went there. It was really good. Yeah, went went to the game, sat there, but I was with my son, and we're talking about this. A couple of boo-boos I made. One was... One was the fact that I'm sitting out there and there are a couple of young players just on the right-hand side all sitting together. And I turned and I said, what are you, boys? Are you the under-16 side? Cooper hit me and said, no, they're a couple of star players that are actually out. right?" <laughs> and I, I just, it just it was just getting all too much for me. So what I did, I, I, I don't wear earbuds, so I just I went to YouTube and put some of my favourite songs on and just put it against my ear. Yeah. And Cooper, when he came in, he said, mate, what are you doing? I said, I'm just listening. He goes, yeah, I know that. He said, but you're singing so loud. He said, everyone's, everyone's like rolling their eyes and looking at you. And I yeah. said, oh, it's all right, mate. I won't be back anyway. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Dave from Seaspray. No rugby league rating when it comes to dust. Martin. Hey, Matty, I wrote down that podcast, the, the rock podcast you gave me, but I can't find it. Do you remember what it was? Uh, Johnny Halliday. Johnny Halliday, was it? That Johnny Halliday. Now, Johnny Halliday was, yeah, um, France's greatest ever rock star who styled himself off people like Elvis Presley and um, James Dean, things like that. It's, it's his rise. It's really, really good. You'll enjoy it. Did you get into We Worked yet? The um, We Crashed, rather? Ha- haven't got into it yet, no. Joel. I'm, get, I'm, I'm, I'm getting around to it, mate. I don't want to disappoint you. I will get around to it. Gibbo, what's the surfing doco I started that you were telling me about? Um, make or break. Make or break. Have you seen You're that, right. Matty? No. Mate, you've got to see that. And I'm, I'm not a surfer from anywhere. I used to put uh, lemon in my hair to try and get uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, That was yeah. my go. But it's a bit uh, – it's made by the same people from Drive to Survive – and the insight yeah, gotcha. to Tyler Wright and Steph Gilmore, mm. um, John John Florence, it's outstanding. Yeah. Well, there, there's another good surf on Gibbo would have seen it, 100-foot wave. Yeah, that's Garrett. good. I've watched Garrett. that. Oh, yeah. man. That's oh, epic, isn't it? That is. That, that's incredible watching uh, Nazare. I was talking to Ross Clark Jones once when I interviewed him about Nazare. And I said, what about it, like 80, 90-foot waves? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, you know, Ross Clark Jones, it's just like he hasn't got the – Fear gene. Mm. You just so I said. I said. So you surfed Nazare? He said, Yeah, I went a couple of times. And I said, Oh yeah. He said, I went there and I was looking. And he said it was eighty foot one day. And I said, Oh well, let's go. And they <laughs> said, No, 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 Ross. You, what you should you come here for a week and just watch where the waves move and you know the rhythm of the waves and the currents and everything like that. You know. He goes, Nah, don't worry about that. I'll just go out and figure it out. And he said. Um, I said, well, what is it like when you're out there? And he said, it is like you are m- mountains are just moving yeah, around yeah. you. Wow. And I thought, mate, 
One, one uh, false move and yeah. you are brown bread. And it happens a couple of yeah. times where the guys are off because they've got the jet skis and they literally can't find them. Yep. If, if a wave does break on them, because of all the whitewash and the size of these waves, and you're like a, a pin out in the middle of the ocean, yep. you've got oh. the survival gear, but if you've hit the back of your board or knocked yourself out, you're underwater for three minutes. That's it's it. it's and, epic. And given evidence, he was saying it's more like, he said the waves are so big, he said it's more like downhill skiing than surfing. And I saw a guy the other day surfed, a German guy, who was a skier, surfed a 100-foot wave at Nazare, which lends itself to, yeah, again, it's it's more of a downhill slalom than it is for surfing. My, my mate, uh, Matty, he's a champion surfer, a very good surfer down Cronulla Way, and, and he does this course. He'll be underwater for almost two minutes, comes up for air, <gasps> and then all of a sudden he's wrestled by these blokes for about 30 seconds to keep him under. That, that's the sort of thing they go through. But, Matty, uh, big mm. weekend coming up. Uh, morning glory tomorrow. What's the plan of attack there? Okay, we've got uh, Dan and Kemp and uh, Andrew Webster. Uh, movie of the week, Apocalypse Now. Um, <laughs> sound advice, Jack Johns is going to do the top five most underrated albums of the 80s. Ooh. Preview all the games. Plenty going on. Awesome. A lot happening. Awesome. All up to Magic Round, mate. Uh, all the best. The test match ahead of you there. Um, yes. We look forward to Morning Glory tomorrow with you and the boys, and we'll catch you next time. Sock, Joel, go well, boys. There he is, the great Matty Johns. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.